Hello, everyone, and welcome. Here with us, we have Tina Dimitrova. Tina is joining us from New York, I believe, uh, where she's working at Bain Capital Ventures as an investor for variety of industries with a focus on fintech. Tina is also currently a member of All Raises 2021 cohort. Before starting at Bain Capital, Tina was a software investor at K1 Investment Management. And during college, she held internships at Goldman Sachs and Third Coast Ventures. She's here to share with us what she learned as she broke into her role today. I'm really looking forward to this conversation today. So without further ado, let's dive right into this episode of Let's Talk Venture. Wow. All right. Tina, welcome and excited to have you here. Could you start off by telling us a little bit about your background, where you went to school, your age, et cetera? Yeah, definitely. Thanks so much for, for having me, Robbie. And I'm very excited to be speaking with you today as well. Um, so yeah, a little bit about my background. Um, I'm originally from Bulgaria, actually, um, but my family immigrated uh, to the US when I was very young. So uh, no accent, as you can tell. Um, I grew up and went to school uh, in Texas and then um, spent a couple of years out in Los Angeles and have found my way uh, to New York thus far. Excellent, super exciting. And with that transition to get started off on a hot note uh, in your time in New York, I would love to hear about your first couple months at Bain Capital Ventures, everything from how life is in New York City to your experience with the team so far and what you're doing on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah, absolutely. So um, for a bit of context, I joined Bain Capital Ventures um, this past September. Um, and at Bain Capital Ventures, um, as you mentioned, I focus primarily on fintech. Um, and so for me, that looks uh, really mostly like um, uh, spending time looking at growth stage companies, which we would define as Series B+, plus, um, but also looking at some uh, Series A and seed companies. Um, and so we define FinTech pretty broadly. Um, I mean, we kind of uh, think about insured tech and prop tech as um, you know, being sub-segments, so to speak, of FinTech, although you could argue that those markets are, are large enough in and of uh, themselves to to constitute uh, their own kind of designation. Um, that's more of a semantics question, but um, yeah, to, to answer uh, your, your question more directly, um, I mean, it's been phenomenal thus far. Um, so the team is truly amazing. I work um, with a couple partners primarily. Um, so that's with Matt Harris, who heads all of FinTech investing um, at Bain Capital Ventures and Merritt Hummer, who heads all of growth investing at Bain Capital Ventures. Um, and I, I honestly can't say good enough things about the team. I mean, their, their uh, intelligence knows no bounds, but neither does their empathy. So um, it's, yeah, it's really been really great uh, getting, getting to work with them. Um, and then you know, not only uh, working with the, the internal Bain Capital folks, um, but also just um, getting to interface with so many um, impressive and intelligent and dynamic entrepreneurs and founders um, has been 
just extremely energizing thus far. So yeah, to sum it up, it's, I, I can't say enough great things thus far. That's amazing to hear. And amidst everything being incredibly busy, what does your day-to-day look like currently? Yeah, absolutely. So as uh, many people in this industry uh, might uh, caveat, it, it varies uh, quite a bit. Um, but yeah, just to provide a bit of insight. Um, so you can often bucket uh, the, the types of tasks that an associate would do um, into a few, few separate buckets. So from the you know, quote unquote sourcing perspective, um, there's this aspect of uh, being external facing. So speaking with founders, um, speaking with uh, other VCs as well to get a sense of what they're looking at. Um, to get to potentially know their portfolio companies really well um, and see if there's a chance to collaborate. So there's kind of, there's that aspect of it. Um, There's also a diligence aspect as well. And so this will obviously differ depending on the the stage of company that um, we're looking at. Obviously, um, a more mature growth stage business will generally have more data Um, that you can actually digest and look into, whereas an earlier stage company will will have less so. Um, And so, yeah, what what diligence might look like in particular, um, that'll include expert calls. So speaking with um, current customers, former customers, um, other experts, competitors, former employees, um, just to understand the, the market landscape as well as uh, the, the company that we're diligencing. Um, and then, uh, you know, again, depending on the data that a company might have, um, doing various microanalysis, um, evaluating the financial statements, um, doing customer analysis in the form of uh, various retention analyses or, or doing segmentations. Um, and then I think the, the last piece, and, and this is where um, I myself, as, as someone more junior, uh, do a bit less of is portfolio support. Um, and so, you know, for us, that might look like um, introducing a founder to um, someone in our network. Um, Bain Capital has the advantage of uh, being a part of the broader Bain Capital umbrella. So um, we are the, the venture capital and growth equity arm. Um, as you had uh, someone, someone else, uh, one of my colleagues uh, also on your show uh, from a separate fund, our tech opportunities fund, you have a credit arm, um, an insurance fund, the, the classic private equity group. Um, and so we leverage a lot of those relationships. Um, and then, you know, also as you become more senior in your investing career, you generally start to sit on boards. Um, and so, you know, that's um, uh, another aspect where uh, we, we help out and, and I've gotten to sit in on some board meetings, but yeah, kind of a long-winded answer, but that's, that's what my day-to-day might, might look like. Amazing. Uh, I appreciate that in-depth answer and I'm sure all the listeners do as well, but all in all, it seems like you're doing quite a bit. <laughs> um, but I, I guess with that being said, additionally to your point, the movement of firms everywhere to become stage agnostic 
uh, is something that you have inherently at Bain Capital as a whole. So that's just a, that's a great thing to have um, from an operating standpoint and helping your portfolio companies. Um, building off that, I guess, I know we started off with what's going on in your life right now, but I think it would be super helpful to take a step back and start from the beginning uh, with your time at UT Dallas and how you discovered your passion for venture capital. Absolutely. Um, so as, as many college students, um, you know, might experience, uh, I also was not entirely sure of uh, what I wanted to do post-graduation. And so um, for me, the goal during my undergraduate experience was really to try everything. Um, and so my uh, junior year, I joined um, a newly formed seed fund at, at UT Dallas. Um, and that experience was really enlightening, really great. Um, as a venture associate um, uh, in, in the UT Dallas seed fund, we really um, got to not only partake, but really lead um, every aspect of the, the transaction process. So from sourcing to diligence to those um, yeah, various uh, buckets that that I had talked about. Um, and so that really gave me um, a taste for, for what it was like. We ultimately ended up investing in um, a couple startups um, founded by some UT Dallas alums. Um, and so, yeah, quite frankly, it was, it was surprising that um, <laughs> these students who did not have any prior experience were given so much leeway, uh, but it, it you know, was, was a great learning experience and um, really helped me understand, it, to be quite frank at that point, I, I didn't know that it was venture capital exactly, that was um, the right next step for me, but I knew more broadly that at some point in my career, I wanted to get into tech investing. Um, so that was kind of my North Star initially. And then, um, yeah, I, I think other various experiences um, helped inform and kind of whittle down um, my my interests such that I um, I, I found uh, where where I am today at Bank Capital Ventures. Yeah, that's awesome. It sounds like a great community you found uh, to help you hone that passion of yours. And you know, you're never going to learn more than by doing and getting your hands dirty. So. To anyone listening, you only need to find one other person who shares the same passion as you to dig deeper. Um, so go out and find them, learn more, and uh, wherever you are, find that community. So Definitely. from there, I guess, having had that experience, looking towards gaining some more tangible skills, maybe not necessarily with all the free roam that you had uh, investing as students, but under an umbrella of a larger company or an established one, what was your thought process interning at Goldman Sachs and Third Coast Ventures? What were you doing during each internship? And you know, what did you get out of them? Yeah, definitely. Um, so uh, starting with Goldman Sachs first, since chronologically that was, that was technically my, my first internship, um, I would say, so at that point, um, I had joined Goldman Sachs to work in their tax group, actually. Um, when I initially came into UT Dallas, I started out as an accounting major. Um, 
after taking some classes and um, actually uh, my experience at, at Goldman, I realized that that was not uh, an interesting uh, career path for me uh, that I wanted to pursue. Um, and so I, I think, you know, that was a very informative experience. And um, quite frankly, I, um, at the time, I mean, I, I had heard of Goldman Sachs, but I, I didn't know um, the, the brand um, awareness that it commanded to be, to be quite frank. I had really gone into school um, truly green, not knowing what I wanted to do and, you know, who the, what the best large firms were. So I, I think it was actually really lucky that I, that I ended up um, there. Um, and so then from, from that experience, um, I was connected um, by a professor um, that I was pretty close to, to uh, someone he knew in his network who um, was an operating partner at um, Third Coast Ventures, which um, kind of despite the name is actually a, a lower middle market um, industrials focused private equity firm. And so um, I had the chance to work very closely uh, with the operating partner there um, and realized that I, that just kind of helped um, hone in my viewpoint that I wanted to shift from um, focusing just on accounting and, and getting really deep and granular in the financial statements to having um, more of a uh, bird's eye view on, on what's happening in a business um, by understanding uh, what was happening in the financial statements uh, on a more uh, holistic basis. And so that was kind of my, my thought process with those two internships. Um, I'd also gotten the chance to intern um, at Teacher Retirement System of Texas, which was, um, which is uh, one of the largest um, pension funds in the US. Um, I had interned with their um, private equity and special uh, opportunities teams. Um, and they have a pretty robust uh, investment management arm. And so kind of each of these experiences informed what I did or did not want to do next. And, and that's the advice that um, I would give others. Um, I will note, I, I did not take a very traditional path to get to where I am today. And um, I, I think as your listeners um, are listening to my and, and your other guest stories, they should keep in mind that um, Imitation is is not always the best route, but hopefully, um, hopefully people are are learning uh, from from my decision making process more so rather than um, the actual uh, experiences that I had. Absolutely, uh, thank you for sharing that, and uh, that you, you I couldn't say it more perfectly myself. Would love to focus on the things that. From a process oriented standpoint such as you can go into something and realize it's not what you want to do and that is just as beneficial as finding something you do want to do it'll help you take a step towards finding that end goal uh, and uh, and i think your story sums that up perfectly so perfect uh, appreciate that and now so after those roles helping you sort of whittle down find your niche that you wanted to land into let's zoom to your senior year 
you landed a role at K1 Investment Management. How did you come about this opportunity and what spoke to you uh, um, when looking at it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So um, for context, my, my senior year, um, I was looking at um, either uh, returning to um, my, my junior internship um, employer, which was a teacher retirement system of Texas, which I had mentioned, um, and then was also looking at um, a variety of consulting and, and banking opportunities, as well as um, another uh, hedge fund out in New York that, that also has an analyst program. Um, but I came across K1 um, really through a, a recommendation. Someone um, vaguely knew that they were hiring. So I, I looked up K1 online. Um, I um, scoured LinkedIn and tried to find someone to, to reach out to. Uh, luckily, they answered. They spoke to me. Um, about their experience and um, informed me um, about the process for applying. Um, and yeah, I, I went through that process and, and ended up there. I think the, the way I thought about it my senior year was that um, K1 was really at the confluence of, of all of my interests and um, skill sets at the time. Uh, just given um, I had studied finance and accounting um, and K1 was a later stage focused software investment firm. Um, I felt like I had a, a, a skill set where I could add value. Um, but then, you know, also the software focus um, goes back to my earlier point and how I mentioned I, I knew that at some point I wanted to get into tech investing um, in my career. And so um, I think of the opportunity set that was in front of me, K1 um, fit the the um, criteria that I wanted the most. So yeah, I was very happy um, to to land that opportunity, um, and and I would definitely say a, a bit of luck probably went into it as well. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's amazing. And so this is where you started your professional career, uh, post graduation, no longer a student. So what skills did you have to learn when you started on the job versus what skills, I guess, were translatable from school to the job? Mm -hmm. Sure, absolutely. Um, so I think what would be helpful um, in, in order to answer that question is providing a bit of context on um, K-1 and, and what my role was there. So um, as I mentioned, K1 was a, a B2B software focused investment firm, primarily doing late stage buyouts, um, also some opportunistic growth. Um, and the way K1 is structured um, is, is uh, such that um, K1 has different functional groups, so to speak. And so I sat on what they called the diligence team. And then we had a separate sourcing team and we had um, a separate operations team, um, which was uh, something like our, our in-house uh, consultants. Um, and so um, on the diligence team, our role as an analyst was really doing a lot of the um, analytical work, building out the financial model, um, doing all the detailed analyses, um, retention analysis, booking analysis, pipeline analysis, uh, the list could go on um, building out the investment committee decks. 
Um, and so in terms of what I had to learn, um, I mean, I had to learn how to evaluate uh, later stage B2B software businesses. I think I knew at a high level, I understood um, retention metrics um, and, and you know, the, the uh, financial statements, but really understanding on a deeper level um, how to analyze various trends that we're seeing in a business and, and understanding what they mean and then what it might look like going forward. Um, so I think that experience was amazing training. I will say K1 had a pretty robust training program. It's a three month long process. Um, and so that was really helpful. In terms of what I had learned at school or, or from my prior experiences that I could um, add to the job. I mean, I think just having, from a technical perspective, having um, some kind of foundation, which I could then build on top of. Um, so for example, I'd taken various financial modeling courses. So I, I mostly knew how to use Excel uh, without a mouse, but um, definitely perfected that and got a lot faster during my time at K1. Um, but then also from a more uh, strategic perspective, I think just having, um, for example, various uh, experience in um, public speaking scenarios, which then um, ultimately gave me the confidence to be able to talk to uh, founders or um, management teams who are much older, more senior, more experienced, more knowledgeable than I was. And I, I think that's um, something that, that was very important as well. Um, so another long-winded answer, but hopefully helpful. Definitely helpful. And, you know, I'm sure just getting reps and reps in, uh, you know, enhances that learning experience. So once again, it comes back to just doing and getting your hands dirty. Um, so that's an amazing experience. Uh, I, hopefully everyone listening can get as much joy and as much learning out of a future experience from them as I'm sure you did there. And now just a couple more questions before going to some rapid fire. What I mentioned earlier is that you're a part of All Raise, um, and I personally would love to hear a little bit more about that. So could you let everyone know what the program is, tell us about your cohort and the community you've built there so far? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so All Raise is a really wonderful organization. Um, it's a nonprofit that seeks to further the mission of um, uh, getting more female representation in um, the venture and startup ecosystem. So from uh, both from the funder perspective, as well as um, the, the founder perspective. Um, and so uh, Allray's hosts, uh, you know, various events, um, uh, provides uh, access and um, various opportunities to women um, and then they also have various programs, uh, cohort programs, um, which uh, one of which I'm a part of uh, as an associate. Um, I, I think they also have a, a, a principal program or, or one for uh, more senior women. Um, uh, but yeah, in, in terms of the community that it's um, built out, I mean, it, 
it's been great. I actually joined All Rays when I was um, at K1 um, based out in Los Angeles. And um, I, I still uh, keep in touch and in, in contact with um, some of those cohort members. In fact, uh, we have a pretty active um, WhatsApp group chat uh, that I still, even yesterday, everyone was, was still chatting in. Um, That's great. So, yeah, so really that the connectivity, I mean, um, if it, it's really up to you, you know, you can create uh, your own opportunities based off, um, you know, how much intention um, you you set in a relationship, I think. And so um, All Rays was really, uh, they, they, the way I think about it is, I guess they provide the infrastructure in order to be able to do that. Um, and so since moving to New York, I also got connected with um, the New York uh, All Rays group. And um, I'm honestly still uh, working to try and, and get to know everyone. But um, so far, it's been a really wonderful community uh, of women who have these shared experiences, um, who we can talk about um, our problems or any challenges um, uh, that we have with. Um, and so, yeah, it, it's just been a really great resource and, and um, way to, um, yeah, just, just have a support group. That's amazing. Fantastic. And, and last thing before some quick questions, having worked as an investor for around two and a half years already, which I'm sure is crazy to hear, how have you developed your own investing thesis? and? what are you excited about today? Definitely. Yeah. So I would say, um, uh, due to, um, the, the way my experience at K1 was, was structured, I had much less autonomy in, um, in, uh, thinking about the, the types of companies that, that we pursued. It was much more reactive as we had a staffer. Um, so, you know, if you have capacity, then you're staffed on a deal um, and then you learn about it. Whereas um, here at, at Bain Capital Ventures, we tend to be more thematic. Um, and so, you know, we, we tend to have industries that we like, don't like, um, or want to pursue further. Um, and so, you know, with that, I mean, there's, there's quite a lot happening in FinTech. So just honing in on um, a few interesting areas for, for me, I think the, the way I kind of uh, break it down is, is looking at um, B2B uh, focused companies, B2C, and then um, also have been thinking uh, about particular geographies. So um, starting with B2B, uh, if you know any of you have read um, any of Matt Harris's content, I mean, we're big believers in the embedded fintech movement here. Um, so what, what embedded fintech is, um, is basically when a non-financial institution is able to provide financial services to their customers uh, via some kind of API. Um, and so, you know, they, I, I think within embedded fintech, um, there's various financial services that, you know, obviously can be offered, payments, lending, banking, um, of those three financial service offerings, I would say those are kind of the most mature 
at this point. So, you know, I've been thinking about what is the next phase of embedded fintech? Um, you know, payroll, insurance. Um, we haven't seen, we've, we've seen a few companies, I think, um, emerging in these spaces, but I don't know that anyone's quite broken out yet, um, but I have a lot of excitement uh, for, for those areas. Um, I'm, I'm excited for, um, excited about businesses that are helping companies achieve true um, end-to-end cash management. That's actually a huge pain point. Um, and then, you know, one other uh, very specific area of interest for me um, has been within InsureTech. Um, I, I think there's a lot of opportunity with uh, commercial parametric insurance. Um, which I, I didn't know existed. I didn't know what that was before my time here at BCV. Um, thus far, I, I haven't quite found a company in um, that realm yet that's really gained a ton of traction, but I, I, um, I, I really hope to. And then within B2C, um, have been thinking about how creators or gig economy workers uh, can monetize. Um, I think buy now, pay later, um, is particularly interesting in, in maybe more emerging economies where it's not as mature in the U.S. Um, and then that kind of dovetails into um, my last point around geography. So um, have also been thinking a lot about Latin America. Um, it's, it's interesting because um, the industries that have done really well um, in, in Latin America have been... Um, generally fintech and e-commerce. Um, so those companies have, have really broken out recently and, and that's due to um, a myriad of factors um, that, that relate to kind of um, a lot of macroeconomic um, factors that, that we're seeing drive this growth. Um, but yeah, I know that, that's kind of all over the place. I, I spend my time thinking about a lot of different, a lot of different aspects of fintech. That's amazing. I now have a lot more to look into, a lot more to learn. Um, so thank you for sharing that. Uh, always great to hear what other investors are you know, learning about and looking into, as you mentioned before, talking with other VCs, big part of the job. And Tina, thank you so much again for taking the time to talk with me. This conversation has been super exciting. But now before we go, it's time to ask some rapid fire questions and I want the first answer that comes to mind. We ready? Let's go. What do you read on the daily to stay informed? The information. It's a bit of a pricey um, subscription, um, but if, if uh, anyone is able to get it, I, I think it's really high quality, especially if you're um, interested in, in tech more broadly. Excellent. Where do you see yourself in five years? Yeah, I hope to see myself as, um, I mean, at, at the most uh, ambitious end, end of the spectrum would be great to reach partner before I'm 30. Um, but in any case, I, I definitely see myself staying in the industry and progressing further. I love it. What is your favorite book? Yeah, my favorite book um, is called An Intimate History of the Gene. Um, uh, super interesting. Um, so it, it, it's nonfiction, but the author weaves in a lot of um, stories from his personal experience and, and family background. 
Um, so highly, highly recommend that one to, to anyone. Thank you for sharing. Don't think we've heard that one yet. And what is one place you want to travel to? Oh my gosh. Um, so I've been, um, I don't know this is such a unique answer, but I really, I've been meaning to travel to Japan. Um, I, I wanted to uh, travel there um, between um, my, my time at, at K1 and BCB when I had some time off, but uh, obviously COVID, um, you know, kind of abated that. <laughs> yeah, no, I can't blame you for that uh, bucket list travel place, but amazing. Thank you again, Tina. And now if there's anything you want to say to the audience, anything you want to plug or anyone you want to shout out, the floor is yours. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I think, you know, uh, a couple things. First, um, if anyone listens to your podcast and um, wants to reach out um, to learn more about my experience or um, see how I can be helpful, um, I, I would be more than happy to, to take some time to, to chat with them. Um, and then uh, the, the second thing I'll note is if um, you are a fintech founder, um, then I would absolutely love to, to talk to you about uh, what you're building in the space. Excellent. Well, once again, really appreciate your time chatting today. I loved hearing about your experiences. I learned a ton and I'm sure everyone listening did as well. So until next time, thank you for joining us. Awesome. Thanks again, Robbie.